So who do people say you look like? I get uh, Uncle Joey from Full House all the time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> or who's that guy? Hey, kids, rock and roll. I can't remember his name. I get that. Sometimes I get Will Smith, you know, things like that. <laughs> who do you look like? <laughs> who do you look like? We're talking about today, uh, uh, who do you know? And so we're going to kind of, we're going to circle back around and hit that topic in just a few minutes. Um, and, 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 and it'll make sense. The, the gears on the screen will make sense. We'll bring it all together in just a little bit. But uh, I got to start off by telling you about my, my buddy Kevin. Kevin is a guy I knew in uh, college. And Kevin was always, 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 always forgetting things. Everywhere he went, he always forget, forgot things. We worked at uh, this place. It was like REI, but it had a cooler name. It was called uh, <laughs> Bob's Bargain Barn. I know. I know. It's horrible, isn't it? But it was, uh, it was like the REI before REI became the REI of uh, Tucson. And so we worked at Bob's Bargain Barn. And uh, you can go to Bob's Bargain Barn and get sleeping bags and climbing gear and fly fishing gear and everything you need for outdoor adventure. And Kevin, I met Kevin there. And Kevin always, always, always forgot things. In fact, it was kind of the joke it, that he would, you know, just like clockwork, he'd go off his shift and he'd go out to his car and like, three, two, one, cue it. And Kevin would walk back in. He's like, oh, man, I totally forgot my wallet. You know, you go have to hunt that down. And like, don't forget your head, you know. <laughs> it's just crazy, crazy guy, always forgetting stuff. We went caving down in the Huachuca Mountains. And uh, does anybody, it's just random, anybody know where the Huachuca Mountains are? Please? Wow. One person? That's really cool. I'm very impressed. Wachuca Mountains are a beautiful little tiny mountain range that is right on the border of Mexico in southern Arizona. And it's just riddled with caves. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And you four-wheel drive back into this place, and we, uh, we grabbed a Jeep, and, and uh, it was Dave's Jeep, and uh, Kevin went with us, and we went caving. And we went all day in this beautiful cave for like eight hours. And we came back out and uh, we, get in the, we get in the Jeep, we four-wheel drive out, we're going back to you know, Tucson, it's like a two-hour drive, we're an hour into the drive going home, and Kevin goes, uh-oh, and he's going through his stuff in his pack, he's like, oh no, and, and I'm like, oh, Kevin, what'd you forget, man? He's like, my keys, I don't have my keys, I'm like, well, what'd you do with them? He goes, well, I didn't want to keep them in the, in the Jeep, because in case somebody stole the Jeep, they'd steal my keys, okay? He goes, I didn't want to take him in the cave because in case I dropped him in the cave, I'm like, okay, that's good thinking. And I'm like, so where'd you put him? He goes, I hid them under a tuft of grass. <laughs> an hour away. So we did a U-turn and we went back. We drove an hour, four-wheel drive, back up in the mountains, back to this meadow. And like, where is he? He's like, it's under a piece of grass in a meadow. So we, we, we searched and we searched and we searched for about 45 minutes to an hour. Could not find it. It's getting dark, got our flashlights out, and I look over at Kevin after about an hour, and he's standing there really silently on the edge of the meadow with his hands in his pocket, and he looks up at me and goes, I found them. Where were they? They were in my pocket. Ah, oh, dude, we did not talk to him for like the rest of the trip. We're like, get in the car. Give me your keys. Anything else on your body? Let's just duct tape it to you. In your pocket. We just, we razzed him to this day about that. You know, Second Peter, what we're going into for the next nine weeks, are like the keys in your pocket. Everything you need for life is like you got it right in your pocket. The second Peter, all the keys for living life full, uh, everything that you need, the keys to guide your life, the keys to deepen your character, the keys that, that, that every, every ounce of strength that you need to keep walking on this, this spiritual adventure that God is meeting you on, all of that is, is going to be about the nine, next nine weeks. Everything 
you need. We kicked this off last week and kind of did a little precursor to it with, with, with our Easter time together as we celebrated, just discussing the fact that, you remember the key word was everything, that Jesus, through his death and his crucifixion, and his, his uh, being rose from the dead and, 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 and just having victory over the grave, all of that gave you and me everything that we need. We camped out in Ephesians chapter 1 where it says every spiritual blessing is in Christ. Everything that we need was given to us through Jesus Christ. It's all available. And you remember the picture that we talked about last week? And this building was Dave. And we talked about the big vault. Do you remember that? And just Jesus like cracking this vault over and you get to peek on the inside. And it's everything that he has for us. All the inheritance, everything that our heart needs. Just tons of riches and blessings that he gives to us. It's all there. It's all for the taking. And on Easter, when Jesus rose from the dead and he met all the disciples in that upper room, do you remember the picture that, that there was probably an emotional three days that they, they had spent and they were maybe tired and, and quivering and scared and emotional and all of this, but they were elated because Jesus was alive. And he showed up and he met them there. And among those guys was Peter. And here's Peter. He goes on to write these incredible letters and uh, to, uh, he writes it to followers like, like you and me. And even 2,000 years later, these letters are just rich and they're full. And 2 Peter chapter 1 starts off and, and, and Peter says, look, okay, let's just peek again on the inside of the vault. All of these incredible spiritual blessings are just, they're bounding. They're for you. They're, they're in your inheritance when you are walking with Jesus, when you are in Jesus. They're all available and so today we're going to take the first four verses of 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to go through and just kind of pick out the first half of our time together. Look at some of these spiritual blessings that Peter goes, it's all there. Everything that you need, it's all there. And there's more, but here are just a few. Look on the screen in uh, verse 1. Here's how he starts. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Verse 4, through these things He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We're going to hang out in these four verses for just a little bit of time here together. We're going to pick them apart, start kind of pulling back the layers, kind of peruse our way through them. And, and what we're going to do first is we're going to find that Peter says, inside the vault, we're just right out of the cage here in, 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 in four verses. There's like seven spiritual blessings that are available to you. And in fact, we never do this, hardly ever do this. But in your notes today, if you grabbed a program, there's seven there that I'm just going to walk through. And you can just track along and write them down. And in fact, I encourage you to do that so that you could take it this week and continue the conversation with God. Just you and God, tracking along. I'm going to actually, I know this is horrible. Horrible, don't get up and leave. I'm going to give you some homework uh, as we leave. I know, man, what is this church coming to? And, uh, and some great, great points for you to just kind of grab the football and run this week. And it starts with some of these spiritual blessings that, that Peter lays out here. 
And there's seven of them. We're going to just quickly identify them. Almost every single one of these blessings, blessings here, blessings, every one of these blessings are a whole entire message. I mean, we, we could talk for hours on almost every one of these, but we're not. We're going to, we're going to kind of go through them fairly quickly, and I'm going to leave the, the, more of the digging to you this week. And as we read through some of these blessings here, I want you to imagine that you are pulling up, pulling a chair up to the greatest feast that it is just oh the aroma is just oh almost intoxicating that's what i feel like when i read through these blessings here a couple days ago that would be easter we got together with some friends and everybody we did potluck style right and everybody brings stuff and we brought plates that was our deal we brought the plates and we kind of brought the small ones we're like oh we should have brought the big you know like dump truck size but as we pulled up to like the feast it started with honey is it honey roasted ham Oh, and what, no one was looking, and if you're here, I'm sorry. I just like reached in and picked off, and I'm like eating with my fingers. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I got to have some of that, and I pull it off, and I put it on my plate. Next up, the turkey. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, hello. Whole entire drumstick onto the plate. Next up, what is it? The uh, sweet potatoes with the great brown sugar in Do you know what I mean? It's very ungodly. It's so good. It's just amazing. You almost feel like, I feel like I should go to confession. I mean, this stuff is so great. And put that all on the plate. It's just amazing. Uh, it's just intoxicating, all these smells. Okay, that's the picture that I want you to have in your mind as we start reading through these spiritual blessings here. The aroma of, of, of goodness that, that is available to us. It's like, which one do you want? Which blessing are you going to partake in? That's the question. Are you ready? Oh, can you smell it? Oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> a warehouse smells what I'm getting. He dishes it out here, and here are the great aromas. In verse 1, check it out. To those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, here it is, have received a faith. Have received a faith. That's your first one. Received a faith, he goes on to say, as precious as ours. This faith comes through, comes to us through the righteousness, the right doing, the holiness, the righteousness of God. So here's the picture on this little phrase here. We have received. That means God has, has extended to us this faith. He has reached out. He has touched us. He's given us, literally, the capacity to fall in love with Him. The, 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 the capacity that we have, the whole idea is that we didn't have that. We were dead to ourselves. We were totally dead in sin, I should say, just dead in our sin. And here it is, God, God comes along and he gives us the whole capacity to love and to, to trust him and to come into relationship with him. We were, we were in this life unable to move, dead in our sin. And he comes along, and even as we talked last week, the great illustration of, of, of a guy who's drowning, right? And the only way he's going to get breath again is if somebody gives it to him. And here, come, here comes along God. He says, I have given you the ability to receive a faith. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, kind of summarizes it like this. For it is God who works in you. It's God who works in you. It's this initiation of, of God giving you a gift. It's His faith in, in our lives. It's, it's all of His doing. It's His capacity that He's giving us to trust Him. It's His, it's his doing that allows you and allows me to actually engage with him. He makes the first move. He gives us a faith. That's the first blessing, that we get to receive that. And this faith, what is it? 
When, when the waters of your life start to rise, right? Who hasn't been there, right? In your family or your jobs and your marriages and in life, just in your personal life, in your heart, whatever it be, pick a topic. This faith is the anchor that allows us to continue to connect with God, to trust Him, to place our faith in Him, our, to trust, have a capacity to be in a relationship with Him. We receive that. He gives that to us. It's a, it's a total gift from Him. His initiating, our receiving. But I really like the next couple words. If you can see it there, it goes uh, back to verse 1 of, of uh, 2 Peter. It says, a faith, we receive a faith as, isn't that cool? As precious as ours. This, this, this little tiny phrase here, faith as precious as ours, really what it is, is it means a faith that's equal in standing. It, it's kind of a political term that they use during the time, which means same honor, same rank, same value, same position. You receive a faith that is the same as ours. Who's the R, ours that is being talked about there? It's referring back to Peter is saying, you, you receive the faith that's the same as ours. I mean the apostles, the disciples. So the faith that you receive is just like the faith they received. Okay, wait a second. Don't we just love putting people on pedestals sometimes? Like, wow, that guy is really, 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 he's got a lot of faith. Or she's got like the direct White House red phone to God, Right? Like, her faith is way better. Peter's saying here, no, no, no. Historically, yeah, you're downstream from the time, uh, in the timeline. Absolutely. But the source is the same. It's the same thing. Okay, just let that soak. Peter, he's in the upper room. He's with Jesus. He's walking with Jesus. He has a faith. He's received this faith. And Peter goes, it's the same. When you come into relationship with God, it's the same source. I get this picture of like, you know, when you, when you pick up the bottle of water and, uh, and, and it says bottled from the source, at the very source. You ever wonder what that is? Like I've never actually seen that. In my mind, I'm just kind of goofy. I, like, I get a picture of a guy standing in a stream like, yeah, yeah. Okay, give me another one. You know? <laughs> and they ship it down to us. We're like, oh, we'll buy that, right? Well, it's much more watery than the other stuff, right? It's got a good clean, t- it's, it's from the source. And that's what Peter's saying here. He said, this faith, that you're getting, it's the same. It's from God himself. It's equal to what we've experienced. He goes on to say in, uh, in verse 2, here's the, the second and the third blessing that's available to us. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So if you're filling in your little notes there, grace in abundance and peace in abundance. And how do we have those things? It's, well, it's, it's, it's in reference to the faith. It's in reference to this faith that we receive. He again gives us grace, and, and, which means unmerited favor. It's something that I, I certainly didn't earn. It's nothing that, that I really deserve. It's everything that he's given to me. This grace he, he just bestows upon us. See, I deserve death. What does he give? He gives life. I deserve separation from him. What does he give? He moves closer to me. He moves into relationship. I, I sin. God says, I'll forgive you. That's what grace is about. You didn't do anything to earn it. It's unmerited. I'll give it to you. It's unthinkable that I would do that. And then he says, not only just grace, but, but peace. Boy, we could dive headlong into that. But let's just define it really quickly. What peace means is that my spirit is in contentment with God's spirit. That there's an overwhelming peace, a supernatural peace that he gives me. Doesn't make sense. You ever feel that sometimes? Like, man, this great peace from God. And he gives it, what's the word there? In what? what what's, what does it say? In, 
abundance. Oh, okay, back to our, our, our table, great aromas. <gasps> abundance, I'll take more of that. I'm going to have some of that, right? And he pours it out. We've talked about this uh, re- recently, I think about a month and a half ago, we talked about this when we were, we were uh, tackling this, this whole topic of, of finances and this, how, how the scripture says he just pours out onto us. And you remember the picture? It just pours out over your lap and down onto the floor and it's abundance. He lavishes grace and peace. So really what that means is not just enough for today. You know, maybe it's not enough for tomorrow. He just gives it more than what you need. You want, you want any grace more than what you need? Yeah, I'm all over that. I'm all over, thank you, thanks. I'm all over that. The rest of you are like, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, right? What about, what about peace? You want more peace than, 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 yeah, I want that in abundance. Can, can you taste this? This is getting good. This is like the food is just warm. The, the spiritual blessings are warming up here. Verse three, here comes four and five. His divine power has given us, given, we're gonna talk about that, has given us everything we need for life, and godliness. So everything for life, everything for godliness. This word given in the Greek is dorio. And what this really means is that it's, and these are my words, insanely generous. He has given, not just, you know, a little bit here. Again, like abundance, insanely generous. Everything that we need. Now what's interesting about this word given here is that it's this perfect participle, which means it was done in the past but it didn't end. It continues to the present. And so everything that he has done, everything he's given to us, all of it still continues on. It's insanely generous. And here's what he has given. He's given us everything for life. And, and the word here is not bio. It's not life bio. It's not, it's not what we can smell, touch, you know, see. It's not life such as food or clothing or, or shelter. No, it's, it's rather zoe, which really means more of what's essential for your soul. You could say the cravings of your soul. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. It's, it's almost like a great little love letter here. I'm giving you everything that your soul craves for. Oh, I'm melting. I'm like, yeah, that. I want that. That's what my, that's the core of what my spirit needs. It's beautiful. Everything for life. And he goes on to say, everything for godliness. Now, I'm not going to pause here very long because in a couple of weeks, we're going to go back and talk about what is godliness. We can define it as God-centeredness. That God gives me the capacity to have him, keep him at the center of my life, to, to focus on him as, and worship him, to keep him centered in my life. It's a blessing that we get. Everything that we need to keep God at the center, to have God at the center, everything we need for life, not bio, zoe, for my, the cravings, of my spirit. Okay, two more blessings. Go to verse four. Through these, he has given us the very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate. You could also say partake, to participate in the divine nature. To participate, partake in the divine nature. And so what this blessing has to do with is the fact that that we get to share in his nature. We get to share in who God is, his character, you know, what, what's important to his heart. We get to have a relationship with him. His will then starts to become my will. His attributes then start to become my attributes because we're in relationship together. We're growing. I get access to God. Doesn't mean I become God, but it becomes, I become a mimic. I become like him. I start walking like him. My life starts to look 
like his life. I get to have divine nature. I get to share in that. Isn't that beautiful? That I get to be with him. I get to start to look like him. I get to start to, be, I start to feel what's important to his heart becomes important to my heart. His attributes start growing in me. And here's the last one. Verse 4. And finally, here's, here it is. So that you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So this, this blessing has to do with the fact that, that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, we can experience a reprieve from this, this world, right? Instead of just digging a hole and kind of laying in the backyard and hoping for the best, we can actually escape right now the corruption of this world and for eternity. What an incredible blessing that is through the victory and the power of the cross and the forgiveness of Christ. Okay, do you smell the aroma? Which one do you want more? Out of all these sevens, which one do you want more? You can have them all. But which one? Like, ah, oh, it just smells so good. It's everything that my heart craves for. It's exactly what I'm wired to, to just chow on. My soul wants this stuff at the core of who I am. And Peter is saying here, he's saying, it's all yours. You can have every ounce of this, everything. Go back, look at your list again. We can receive this faith right from the source. He gives grace and abundance, peace and abundance, everything you need for life, everything you need for godliness, that you and I get to participate in his character and his plans and his kingdom, and that you and I get to escape the corruption of the world. Peter, supersize that puppy. I want all of that and more. Abundance, overflowing, insane generosity. Here's the key. Peter says, if you want to pull the trigger on all that stuff... The key is this. Look back to verse 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the what? What's it say? Through the what? The knowledge. Is it there? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Then look at verse 3. His divine power has given us everything for we need in life and godliness through what? Come on. Knowledge. Thank you. I I want you to say it because I want you to remember it. Through the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, the blessings are yours, Peter is saying, if you and I engage, if we really know God, if we start to pick it apart and start to understand who he is and we know him. But there's a difference in knowing, isn't there? All right, so so have have you met any celebrities? All right, think of the celebrity. I'm gonna ask you to yell them out here in a second. I actually, is it Rod? It's Rod Stewart, right? Yeah, I bumped into Rod Stewart and actually almost knocked his baby out of the baby stroller, right? So the romantic Rod Stewart became very angry. So, but that's my brushwood uh, fame, you know, totally, totally uh, suddenly have this connection with Rod. Remember, I'm the guy that ticked you off, right? Almost killed your kid. Any other uh, connections here? Name it out. Who have you met? Who, do you, who, who have you met? Wow. Okay. Any others? Great. I don't know who that was. <laughs> Somebody said Bill Cosby, the first service. Anybody else? Any brushes with fame in here? John Lennon, wow, that's huge. Candace, Fabio. Fabio, wow, he's got nothing on you, Ed. Nothing on you, wow, excellent. Maybe just a little more hair, but you know, other than that, I mean, nothing. Any other brushes with fame here? Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Who's who's that? Peter Frampton. Wow, the the, the bar just got raised there. That's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, that's another sermon. So, I mean, we have all these, <laughs> we have all these connections, right? And people we bump into are like, I know I saw them. And you know what he was doing? And, and we spend a lot of time in People Magazine. Do you know what they drive? And do you know what they eat? And do you know how they look? And oh, they shop at Target too. Wow. You know, and all of these things. And we feel like we know. And there's a whole franchise and enterprise and <laughs> countless magazines and blogs and this and TV shows and Entertainment Tonight. All these things doing with the celebrity so we can know them, right? Do we really really actually know them? I don't know. Let's play a little game. Check this. We're trying to find people who think they know Kyle Korver. I need to talk to Kyle Korver fanatic. I need to talk to somebody who knows Kyle Korver. Do you know Kyle Korver? What did you? You're a Kyle Korver fan? Uh, I, I know that all the girls like him. Yes. <laughs> I know him. Kyle Korver, will you marry me? So you know Kyle Korver, yes? Oh, I'm so willing to state I know Kyle Korver. Take the Kyle Korver quiz. You ready? Dude, okay. Kyle Korver, right? Yeah. You know him. Yeah. Okay, what number is he? I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know the number. 24. 26. What number is he? This will be... 26. 26? <laughs> 26? You got that. Uh, 26. 26. Is that right? What kind of socks does he wear? Um, high ones. Long NBA ones. He wears the knee socks. The knee socks, the high ones? Yep. Big tall ones. The big tall ones. The I love those. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Kyle likes the high socks. He likes the high socks? You know, there's some different variations of how it all started. I'm not really sure what the true story is, but okay. he's been wearing high socks for a long time now. Where'd he go to school? Where'd he go to college? He went. Yeah. Great. You both yeah, got Give me a clue. <laughs> Give us a hint. Give us a hint. Um, starts with a C. Syracuse. Right. That's Syracuse. an S. Don't right. <laughs> put that on there. He's like Iowa or somewhere near there. Iowa? Uh, Kyle went to Creighton. Creighton? In Omaha, Nebraska. Ooh, he went through in the city and state. Yeah. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, what do you think the first bone in his body he ever broke was and how old was it? His finger. I'm going to say a finger. Like, oh, his arm, his ankle. You're like, come on, quit embarrassing us. Oh, seven years old, uh, Close, yeah. calf. Or knee bone. Calf. Knee bone, knee bone. <laughs> Your knee bone. Okay. Where's the first bone he broke? His collarbone. On a, on a terrible bike ramp that we built. <laughs> you don't know me at all. I know Kyle Corbin. I know him. What was his first grade teacher's name? Miss Johnson. What was his uh, first grade teacher's name? Uh, you had Mrs. Good. <laughs> you are right. Was I had Mrs. Good. You didn't think you know that. Uh, you? I was still worried about that. <laughs> What's his favorite cereal growing up? Oh my God. Come on, you know Kyle Tony the Tiger, uh, Frosted Flakes. Lucky Charms. Uh, Cheerios! What? what? I would guess Wheaties as well. Wheaties. Uh, Rice Krispies. That's stupid. Nobody's favorite cereal is Rice Krispies. But you know Kyle What was his favorite cereal growing up? This might get a little unfair. Favorite cereal? 
Our, our dad, let's see. Our dad used to make us toast every morning. So if I was gonna say a favorite cereal though, uh, maybe like cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> Is that cinnamon it? toast crunch? Is that it? That's it. Excellent. That was my favorite. We didn't get to eat. We didn't get it very much. No, we never got it. What? Do you feel like you know your brother? Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Do you feel like he knows you? Yeah, I do. I think I know. And I know that more today. More <laughs> I think I might know better than anybody. <laughs> That's a bold statement. Yeah, yeah mom's been mad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> What's really fun is some of you actually know Kyle Corver. That's really cool. And you'd be like, hey, I didn't know you liked toast. That's awesome. So we like to play this little game. Do we really know someone or do we know? Like, do we really understand who someone is? Really start to understand. And so you get the idea that it's more than just a bunch of facts, right? Because we learn tons of Sunday school facts about who Jesus is, right? Where was he born? <laughs> Syracuse. All right? You can learn all these facts about who, who Jesus is. But do you know him? At the end of it all, do you really actually know him? And I think it actually has something to do with experience, doesn't it? Anybody been to Hawaii? Raise your hand. Be proud. Anybody been to Hawaii? The big island? Yes. Uh, right? So if you've been to Hawaii, you have a totally different understanding than me. I think I, I know Hawaii, but I've, you know, I've seen brochures, or I can Google for it, you know, and what's it smell like? What does Hawaii smell like? Google. <laughs> I can see the videos. I can tell you great facts about it. I can tell you that there are no snakes on Hawaii. Right? There's no, no indigenous snakes, and there's all kinds of other facts that you and I can talk about. But you, you would not fully know Hawaii. I don't fully understand. I, I don't know, because I've not been there. If you've been to Hawaii, you could say, man, you could spend time and walk from seven different uh, climates. You can go from snow up to a mountain, down to the jungle, and to the beach, and then shopping. I don't know if that's climate. But you, know, you can do all these things, and I know because I've been there. I've experienced it. I I know it. it's just more than, more than facts. It's a first-hand experience. That's what Peter is talking about. He's saying, you want to know Jesus Christ? In fact, you want all these spiritual blessings? Which one do you want? All of that comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that his personal relationship is available to you, and it comes through engaging you and I engaging, experiencing, walking, whatever words you want to throw in there, drinking full of this relationship, knowing him. I get up here uh, a lot and tell you stories about my life and, and uh, we meet in small groups and we get to talk and I know a lot of you guys in here. But there are, there are some of you that know more about me than others. Because you've spent time with me, and I've spent time with you. You, you, you would know what, what makes me laugh. Like, what do I really laugh at heart? What's a great belly laugh for, for me? You would know that if we spent the time together. What am I scared of? What, what, what are the things that, that sadden me? What do I find great joy in? What do I celebrate? When you and I start to spend time together, and we, when we are involved in relationship together, living together we start to know each other. What's beautiful about God is that he has revealed so much to you and me through his word. In the next nine weeks, if we go on more and more, you're going to pick up all kinds of little great nuggets about who God is and the scriptures is full of it, what he's like, 
What is God like? What, what does his heart beat for? What makes his heart bleed? What, what does he really care about? What does God really, really love? How would you answer that? What does God really, really, really dislike? What saddens God? What does he celebrate? What, is, what are his plans? What does he point back to in history and, and go, that was awesome? What has he done? See, the more you and I start to pull apart the scripture and tear it apart and look at it, we start to understand this God. And it stops at just intellectual knowledge and it moves on to actually knowing him, engaging with him. I think sometimes we're, we're afraid to maybe do that though. <laughs> because if you and I actually start to engage with God, that means he actually starts to engage with us. Can that be a little scary? Yeah, it, it can because then he starts to see the areas of my heart, the scary parts of my heart, my junk, all the, all the stuff that I've done. The more I get to know him, the more he gets to know me. So sometimes I think we actually pull our hands, put our hands up and say no. Like, <laughs> I'll let you know me only, only as much as I want to. And so we play these little games. And we forget that relationship is a two-way street with God. That God wants to engage us. He wants us to engage him. But instead, we, we sometimes play these little games. Sometimes we just focus on God only. And, and receiving what we can get, right? The vending machine God. Hey, God, I really need help with this. I really could use this. I need you to. Could you please answer my prayer for, uh, could, you, could you help me in this area? Could you this, that? Uh, do, you, do you know anybody like this? Does anyone ever call you like that? Think, think through your friends. Do, do, don't, don't say them. Don't rib anybody. Just think through your friends for a moment. And, and, and there are sometimes people like that in your life. They call you, and, and, and they're like, blah, 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 blah. it's all about them, and it's everything they want, and they probably need this, and they're going on, and hey, thanks for talking, bye. And you're like, wow. It was all them engaging, like wanting something from me. I was giving, I was receiving the whole time, or, or giving to them the whole time, and it was not a relationship. It was all about them. I think the flip side of that, sometimes, even with God, we work our little tails off for God, Right? We do all the right stuff. We show up at church anytime the lights are on. We're here. Sign up for something. I'll do that, right? I'll serve. I'll, I'll work on the tech team. I'll, I'll greet people. I'll hand out your programs. I'll collect them. I'll get involved in 16 Life Together groups, right? I'll go on missions, the three continents, whatever it is. I'm really busy, 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 busy engaging with God, giving to serving God, but I'm not receiving. Sometimes we run across these people in our life too, Right? The people that are always serving you, giving to you. And, and, and the moment you want to do something for them, they're like, oh, don't, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. No, 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 I actually need to give back to you. Because <laughs> that's how a relationship works. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. No, 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 I need to give back to you. You don't understand. Because it's a two-way street. And so it is with God. Him engaging with us. Us engaging with Him. Both of us doing it. In the New Testament, there's a whole truckload full of verses that talk about Christ in us. There would be too many to list. Christ in us. It says all throughout the, uh, the New Testament, but it also says us in Christ, that we are in him. He is in us, that we are in him. So which one's correct? Both of them. They paint this beautiful uh, relationship, this amazing back and forth relationship that I'm in Christ and he is in me that we are doing this together. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, kind of gives a, actually a painful example of where this goes wrong sometimes. Jesus is speaking here. He said, on the last day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, we spoke for you, 
And, and through you, we forced out demons and did many miracles. Then I will tell them clearly, get away from me. I never knew you. Ow. What Jesus is saying here is, you may have jumped through all the religious hoops. You may have done all the great stuff. You may have looked right. You may have said all the right stuff. But I, I didn't know you. You were masquerading as my disciple, my follower, right? You were, you were doing, the, doing the, the thing. But I, I don't know you because we didn't have a personal relationship. We weren't together. We weren't specifically doing it together in relationship. There's a great word in the Bible that describes this, this type of knowledge, just not intellectual knowledge, but knowledge of relationship. And the word is dode. We find it first in, in Genesis where, where Adam, it says, knew Eve. Well, at first it probably started off as an intellectual thing, right? He saw Eve and he's like, wow, there's a woman, all right? I'm, I'm, she's different, intellectual, learning facts about her. But it quickly moved to a different type of knowledge, an intimate knowledge of, of Eve. And so the word dode is used. The definition for this word is that it's a mingling of souls. Oh, isn't that beautiful? A real mingling of souls, meaning that, that we are enmeshed together. Outside of God, where I experience that is, is with Beth, that she and I are enmeshed. We're, we're mingling. She's my best friend. I have intimate knowledge of her. She has intimate knowledge of me. Our souls mingle together. But what's interesting in the Old Testament is that not only is this word dode used between relationships, human relationships, but it's also used in reference to your relationship with God. That God desires dode with you. This, this mingling of our souls together, enmeshing Him in you, Christ in me, me in Christ, uh, me serving God, Him serving me. I'm pursuing Him. He's pursu- pursuing me. I know Him. I know what His heart breaks for and bleeds for. He knows what my heart breaks for and bleeds for. I'm following Him. His nature becomes my nature. His will, my will. In fact, that's, that's how Peter even started this whole entire letter. At the very first, in verse 1, he said, Peter, a, a servant, if you're looking at some of your Bibles, it actually might, it might say bond servant, which literally means it's not my will anymore. It's the will of my master. My master's will becomes mine. Dode. The souls mingling, coming together. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 says this, We know... That we have come to know him. There it is again. We know we've come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I I don't know him, or I know him rather, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth isn't in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. How do you know God? How do you really know him? Dode. How do you, how do you know and engage with him? Right here in 1 John. If you are actively pursuing, actively obeying, walking with him. Paul says, that's how you know. That's how you know. The things of God's heart become the things of your heart. What his heart bleeds for, or your heart bleeds for. You know, just not facts about him, not intellectual knowledge. But you know who he truly is is do you remember the phrase it's all who you know that's what peter's saying here he's saying that's really true every spiritual blessing everything you need 
all that stuff on the banquet table we laid out there, all the, the great aroma of that, everything, forgiveness, eternal life, redemption, abounding uh, um, grace and peace and, 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 and fellowship with God, all of that is available if you know him, dode, intermingling with him. For the next couple of weeks, you're going to see this uh, crazy little graphic on, on the screen here. We're going to keep playing it over and over again as a reminder of, of what this really looks like in our life. And representing here this, this big will that, that God is constantly moving, that there's a strength and a power and a plan and purpose behind Him. He's everything that we need. But apart from, apart from that, I don't have it. I don't have that. I can't. I have no power. I don't have any purpose. I don't, I don't have any movement. But when I know when I come into relationship with God and engage with Him and meet Him and grow to know Him and begin to trust Him, there's movement in my life. My life starts to move along with God. It starts to connect with Him. And then I have everything that I need. But it starts with Jesus. It starts with knowing who He is and understanding that. The true knowledge. Christ in me. Me in Christ, me serving God, him serving me, me loving him, him showing me tremendous love, me giving up my will, asking for his, me giving up my purpose and say, God, give me your purpose, him wanting to know what's on my heart, right? We do that through prayer. Me understanding his characteristics and and what makes his heart beat through reading his word, Me giving up and allowing him to show me his divine nature that I get to share in and participate in. That's what it means to truly, truly know him. To come to a place where you step across the line, not just intellectually, anybody can agree with a set of facts, but to step across the line into relationship and say, I'm all yours, I'm all in. I need all of who you are to be all of who I am. You in me, mingling of our souls, knowing each other. As we end this time, the band's going to come up, and I want to give you your homework assignment. Remember that? I prepared you, and none of you left. I'm very proud. Thank you. Here it is. You don't have to take me up on it. Would you... Set the challenge to journal this week, to write maybe just a paragraph, just on a blank sheet of paper. How do you know God? How do I know God? A primer might be how do you know your wife? How do you know your husband? How do you know your brother, your sister, or those important relationships? To be thinking about that. How would I would describe my relationship to Beth? What would that look like? How could I write that down and take that kind of frame of mind and say, how do I know God? What do I know about him? Who is he to me? Laying this foundation of knowledge, not just the fact that he was born in Syracuse and also Bethlehem, right? And not just the fact that, that he did these things, not just the facts about who he is intellectually, who is God to me in my spirit, my soul? 
for some of you, as you might be writing this week, you might come to a, a point where you go, wow, I thought I, may, I thought I knew God, but I'm coming up wondering. My challenge to you is to, to stick with us for the rest of the series as we start pulling back the layers. We come to find out that there's so much about God in His, in His, in His love letter to us that the more you read, the more you understand, the more He comes alive, the more you start seeking what's important to Him, the more time you spend in prayer with Him, the more time you track along with Him and engage with Him and connect with Him and spend time with people that are engaged with Him and connect with Him. And the more time you just spend in relationship. Oh, that's when you start to know God. When you come before Him and say, God, I receive your initiation in my life. I receive this faith. I receive everything that you've done for me. Your great forgiveness, your grand grace for me. This unbelievable peace, this reconciliation that you have done on the cross, this Easter celebration, so that I can have a relationship with God. <sighs> That's what I want. That's what I need. Some of you might find as we go through this series that, that God is calling you to step across that line. To come to a place where maybe you've never been there before and it scares you to death. But to say to God, I need all of you in me so that I can be in you. And maybe even today during worship. For some of you though, also, you may have stepped across the line. You may have entered in this relationship. And even as we talked about, sometimes our hands are like this to God, right? <laughs> we kind of hold up our hands and we only allow Him to certain areas of our life. We're not fully engaging. What are those areas for you? What are the places where you say, uh, 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 God, off limits here. I'm willing to receive from you, but, but you can't look in these areas. I'm willing to be busy for you, but I, I don't know if I can fully engage. What are those areas for you? And again, when you and I, can you imagine this great aroma when you and I fully engage in the knowledge and the relationship with God, all of these things are yours. You have everything you need. I don't know about you, but even as I was preparing this time, I feel like I just ate really well. <laughs> Do you feel that way? I'm like, oh, Jesus, thank you. I just, it, it tastes so good, these blessings. And there's more of them. Everything that he gives is everything my, my soul craves for. <sighs> He's everything. Everything we need.